Hello. Hello. Salam and good evening to you, worthy friend. Please, please, come closer. Uh, too close, a little too close. Good evening and welcome to another edition of the Disney Brit Radio Show live on Orlando Sky Radio, unless you're listening to it on a podcast. And then thank you very much for downloading the show and joining us. We've got two of us here at the moment. Jos is on his way and we've got a very special guest coming up later. Hello, Alan. You alright? How are you doing? I'm not bad. How are you? I'm, I'm amazing. I'm awesome. You're awesome. Why are you well, that good? Well, I was, I was reading the back of that... Um, special guest book oh yes and um it talks about being happy all the time so you're gonna be happy all the time and i'm going yeah. to be be my own shakespeare i've decided say what i'd be my own shakespeare all right because that he's not going to start talking rubbish that's another chapter shakespeare didn't talk rubbish shakespeare was a genius Just, you're gonna say that as a drama teacher i'm gonna be you? my own shakespeare that's why i love the way we have these little conversations like we haven't spoken uh, at all for maybe 15 minutes before the show but uh, you've yeah. had a good week. Um, yeah, it's not been too bad. Did you get your banister painted? Um, sort of. I've, I've done <laughs> one and a half coats, and I gave sort up. T- I've, I'm, in, I'm in a townhouse, so I've got two flights of stairs, and it took me four hours to get from the top to the bottom. And also, you're going to be in trouble with your wife for the fact that you should have been doing it instead of having an impromptu team meeting, as we had uh, the other day, which which was positive. We came up with some really nice things. Do you want to explain yep. a little bit more about the expansion of the website and some of the ideas that we've got coming up and that sort of thing? No um, problem. Well, cool. one of the things that we thought that is quite important with them Disney holidays and Disney vacations is food. We love food, don't we? We do love food. All um, of us loves food. Everybody does. Well, mo- most people like to eat food, I think. Yeah. Anyway, so what on the Disney Brit website... We've got a new section which is called Snacks and Food, or Food yes. and Snacks. Um, basically, we're going to start uploading and adding people's photographs of food and snacks and reviews and going to try and keep it all in order as well. So you can log on to the Food and Snacks section, go to Epcot, go to the World Showcase, go to um, the Boulangerie Patisserie and find various snacks that might be there. Hmm. So, you know, you go there and you go, wow, that, that cream puff was fantastic. <laughs> That's the only item we've got in that one so far. <laughs> also, what we're going to do, if if we can do, anyway, we're going to add the recipes. Yes. Oh, to be fair, I don't know how to make a cream puff yet, but I'm working on it. <laughs> she nearly said to it, it's going to be so really rude. Careful. <laughs> so, <laughs> adding your own joke here. <laughs> so, it's, it's potentially going to expand to be quite a good thing, and will also lead into something that we're going to look into in future episodes. Yes, which we'll hopefully be launching after Easter, sort of April time. Uh, we've got something that we're going to try that will will be interactive for you guys. Uh, you'll be able to take part in it as well. We're going to have a go. It's going to be a bit of a laugh. We'll see how it goes with regards to that. But uh, that's something we're definitely going to try. But I suppose we should tell you what's coming up on this show. 
Um, we are going to have some news and rumours a little bit later on. But before that, we've got a, a segment we need to sort of uh, pick up on that we, we started on the last show, which was this Disney decade and this idea that if the Disney decade never happened, would Disney World be what it is today? And we managed to get through sort of the whole of Walt Disney World. We got through Magic Kingdom, Epcot. We didn't get through Animal Kingdom because it doesn't exist. Uh, we never got to Hollywood Studios, so we're going to have a look at that to start off with. A little bit later on, uh, we're going to get a special guest, Lee Cockrell, who is a former vice president of Walt Disney World. You'll know he's been on the show a few times before, and he has um, a brand new book coming out, or uh, it's pretty much out now. It's the custom uh, rules, the 39 essential rules for, I forget what the rest of the title is. Uh, <laughs> it's that 39 essential rules for delivering sensational service so uh, Lee's going to come and talk to us about that we might thrust a question on him as well about uh, the Disney decade and see what he comes up with but he doesn't know we're going to do that anyway so he'll be on a little bit later talking about his book and all of the, the sort of how that links to his first one he's currently in London so we're going to try for the very first time a live link up with a guest do you know what I'm really looking forward to about this What's I'm that? talking to Lee but how you're seamlessly going to merge the phone call and the feed it's just, it'd be fine. It's absolutely fine. I know exactly what's going to happen and I know exactly how it's going to work. And I know that it's probably going to hopefully wrong. But it's all fine. So it's all going to be good. But um, we've, we've got that. We've also got a new uh, phone number. If you're in the UK, we've got a new number that you can ring. You can leave us voicemails. And uh, some people have already left us voicemails, which we're going to play this evening. The number, the new one, is 0121 288 2748 or 0121 288 B-R-I-T You see So I like um, You like it You see what we've done there So it makes it easy to remember 0121 288 B-R-I-T There you go Or 2748 could, could So that's our new number Go on What were you going to say Could you not get disparate I couldn't I tried it I tried oh. my hardest To get dis- disparate And I can't get it So 288 2748 Is what it is 0121 288 2748 If you're listening to the show Live on Orlando Sky Radio And you want to join in Maybe you've got something You desperately want to share with us Well you can In several different ways You can of course Ring us On 0121 288 2748 You can uh, Get hold of us Via Twitter At Disney Brit You can get hold of us On our Facebook page Which is Facebook.com Forward slash Disney Brit Podcast or you can get hold of us by emailing radio at disneybrit.com. So we've got loads of ways that you can get hold of us, um, and uh, hopefully you will do it at some point during the show. Just to let you know, we've had a few comments from some people this evening with regards to um, uh, a question or a, a sort of a, a picture we posted up on Facebook, and I want to talk about that in a little while as well, and that's what some of our voicemails are all about. Um, in fact, should we do that first um, before we get on to our... Um, Onto our Disney Decades discussion. And it says, Everything the light touches is our kingdom. And it's a picture. And, it's, and Mickey says, What about the shadowy place? It says, That's universal. You must never go there. And I got, it made me chuckle. Um, <laughs> but it got me thinking, Is this true or not? You know, Disney fans, do we or do we not go to Universal Studios? Um, and we got a load of comments over on uh, Facebook. Uh, Crispy said, Nope, so true. Vicky Wells said, mine too. Uh, Rebecca Palmer Bunting put, for our little ones, this is very true, but as they get older, we will have to venture to the dark side. It's amazing how fast the picture swoops across Facebook. Someone else has put. Um, we had an incident at Universal a few years ago, says Jill. Uh, the first and probably last visit, my husband's fingerprint wouldn't match up with his ticket. He's been a chef for over 20 years, and after handling many hot pans, he hardly has any fingerprints left. She goes on to say that he was kept in office for nearly 30 minutes before they decided that his ticket was fine and with no apology they let him go. Been to Disney World seven times and never had an issue like this and cannot imagine that they would ever would. Uh, no hurry to go back to Universal. Um, 
Someone else put, and I thought the shadowy place was Mordor. There we go. <laughs> Wouldn't even contemplate going to Orlando and not going to uni or Islander Adventure, says Peter. Uh, Hunter says, for people to completely close off from another theme park is mind-boggling to me. Why would you deny yourself new experiences? I mean, yeah, it's fun to ride classic attractions, but the truth is that Walt Disney World hasn't put out anything groundbreaking in quite a while. Disneyland has Cars Land, and we get the mediocre at best new Fantasyland. Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit biased, but he'd love uh, both of these companies dearly, he goes on to say. But um, someone has asked if they can do uh, Harry Potter just once. Uh, one little hit won't hurt me, surely. You've put your comment down there, which we'll come to in a second. Someone else has said yes. They ventured to the dark side of the last trip. The area for Harry Potter is kind of cool, but if you don't like crowds, a place to stay away from as everyone congregates there. Major roller coasters and very wet rides, so plan on a day you want to get uh, you don't want to get wet. Not sure I uh, ever need to go back for the cost. And Johnny Beans put 45, Walt Disney World 45 times, Universal nil. I'm really mm. surprised. I didn't expect such a response. Kind of, do you want to explain what your response was with, with regards to this? Um, well, my view on it, well, since I've now got a family, yeah. two kids, um, we went to Universal when we only had one child. I must remember that bit. And we didn't think there was a lot for us to do with a, a young child. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up going around uh, Zeus Landings for, well, I think we were there for about three hours on the same rides over and over again because Universal tends to cater for the sort of teenagers and upwards. Yeah. Um, or kids that like to do thrill rides and are tall enough to get under the under the thing. Anyway, but we... Um, we did the Harry Potter ride, fantastic, great ride, great technology, great atmosphere, all that stuff. Yeah. But we sort of got a bit bored. I'm, got, I'm not well, sure what it Universal is. At Universal you got a bit bored? Yeah. I, I, just, I just don't know what it was, whether it was, I, d- I don't know, the, the, the environment, the theming, the, the Islands of Adventure is fantastic, don't yeah. get us wrong. Yeah. The, that is, the theme and style on it is as, as close to Disney stuff as you could probably get with that because it's it's full environment whereas on the other side universal studios which was obviously the the original studios mm-hmm. um attraction in orlando it um is a bit more like an empty film studio isn't it a little bit um they've they've done very well with the theming of it hiding the rides inside buildings or they used to um but then it's just sort of got a bit old you see, I don't mind Universal. I enjoy going. I enjoy the attractions. Yes, there's a lot of uh, sort of thrill rides that are no use for smaller children, but there are other things for smaller children as well. You have Barnieri, you've got the Animal Actors, there's the Fivals Playground, you've got things like E.T. that they can go on, all those bits and pieces. But yes, there are also attractions that they can't. Things like uh, Simpsons for much smaller children, um, yep. the... Um, Rip Ride Rocket Coaster, those sort of things aren't any good. But you have also got like Despicable Me that's in there. I think the problem with me with Universal is not that it's not suitable for the whole family. Is The problem is the rides that are not suitable for young children build up big queues. And without you getting a front-of-line pass or their version of the Fast Pass, then you are waiting a long time for attractions that aren't child-related. I think that's my only issue with Universal. I love going, I enjoy going, I enjoy going to the parks, not as much as I enjoy going to Disney. Yes, the theming's not quite the same. I think that's going to change. We look at the the sort of revolution of Harry Potter and that sort of stuff, and it's very different. But um, I I kind of see where people are coming from. The the rides that have been updated, obviously the Harry Potter, the Simpsons, 
Um, they're the ones that have got the massive queues, aren't they? Yeah. And I, I think I'll put this in the comments. Disney tend to be looking at their queue system at the moment yeah. and are trying to entertain people in the queues a lot more than they've ever done. Yes, I agree. Rather than just trying to push people to the front of the queue, they're trying to say, right, okay, if you're in the queue, there's plenty of stuff to do. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I don't know. I, I do enjoy Universal. I'll still enjoy Universal. It doesn't mean that I'm not a, a Disney fan at heart. I am. I just, you know, as as it was mentioned over on uh, on our, our Facebook page, you know, just because you are a Disney fan, or just, be, you know, why would you want to cut off the opportunities of going to other parks and enjoying other things? I think Hunter's dead right there that, you know, I don't get why you need to close it off. You know, you can be loyal to Disney, but you can also go to other places as well. Uh, we've got three voicemails. Let's play them. These guys were ringing in about uh, Universal. Let's see what they've got to say. I am leaving your message now, Mr. Goodger. It is working very well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, that was you. What's that got to do with anything? <laughs> that was the test to see if it works. Oh, is that what it was? You were testing. Okay, here's, here's our first <laughs> real one. Hi, my name's Chris. I'm a Disney fan from Great Yarmouth. Excuse me, Paul, regarding the subject of uh, why Disney fans should bother going to Universal. Well, for myself, the last four trips, I couldn't be bothered. Uh, reason being, I have two kids, one four, one six, and um, there's just not enough there to do for the kids. Um, I'm not sure how long Universal think they can live on Harry Potter land, but it's pretty poor in my opinion. Anyway, back to the Animal Kingdom it is. It was that weirdo. It was he was a pirate. He's a pirate, is it? Right. I love the way he, he he did that. Like we don't know who he is. Hello, I'm Chris. Yes, we know you're. I'm Chris. a Disney fan. Um, and then we go to our our, our, our next phone call. We apologise if you're listening in the US because uh, sadly, it being a radio show, we can't give you subtitles for this one. Should Disney fans go to Universal? Of course they should. It's absolutely fantastic. And if it's a once-in-a-lifetime holiday, why limit yourself to just Disney? You've got so much going on at Universal. You can stay at a hotel for the night and get front-of-the-line passes for everything for the day you check in and the day you check out. And let's not forget Harry Potter and the Transformers ride coming very soon. So, yes, wholeheartedly go to Universal. I thank you all. Um, there'll be a translation of that on the website very, very soon. Thank you, Craig Lucas. Um, interesting point about Transformers, that uh, maybe that's more family-orientated. Yes? No? I don't know. Um, I guess it's all, it's all to do with height restriction, doesn't it? It's, it's similar to the Spider-Man style ride, isn't it? It is very similar uh, in that sense. Um, I, the thing is, again, it's a, a, a franchise that's not necessarily family-orientated. It's for your, your older teens and your adults. Harry Potter yeah. really is for your whole family, I suppose. But then they've got this area now. I suppose it depends whether they're going to build this Harry Potter expansion, whether there's any news about that. But um, I say... I, I think it's fantastic. Don't get us wrong. If if I had enough time in Orlando and a bit extra money, I would go. Yeah. You know, you, you, if well, I go for two weeks. I know some people go for three weeks. And um, I run out of time just doing the Disney parks. It is true. You know, it's finding the time to go off off um, property to go and do those other attractions. I, I do enjoy going and doing them and I find the time to do them but at the same time you know it means you're missing out on a rest day here and it does mean that you're absolutely shattered by the time you get back and by the time you actually want to go away on 
you know, you come back from the holiday, you want another one. Yeah, um, definitely. But no, I, I enjoy Universal, and I will continue to go back. I'm not going to be, you know, uh, narrow, not narrow-minded. That's probably the wrong use of word. But I'm not going to sort of close myself off from the opportunity of going to Universal because... Um, because of the fact that, you know, it's not Disney. Uh, if you've got your opinion, you want to let us know what you think. Some people already have over on the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Disney Brit Podcast. Don't forget, you can also tweet us at Disney Brit. And if you want to, ring us live on air, 0121288274H. That's 0121288BRIT. So if you don't want to come and join in uh, and you want to uh, give us a ring, then feel free to do so. We will say hello and we'll have a lovely chat. You yeah, someone ringing up ordering a pizza. Yes, yeah, I was just going to ring up and say <laughs> something really random. She's got absolutely nothing to do with anything. Uh, right, we've uh, had a quick chat about that. When I say quick chat, we've been quite a lengthy chat about that. We've still got our Disney Decade stuff to do. We've also got uh, Lee Cockrell coming on the show in a little while. He's going to be talking a little bit about um, stuff to do with his new book. And uh, yeah, hopefully it will all run nice and smoothly (laughs) we're going to take a quick break we shall be back with you in a second here we go you are listening to the Disney Brit Radio Show live on Orlando Sky Radio Discover the wonders of Epcot. Want to keep up to date with all the latest Disney news and rumors? Then make sure to check out www.disneybrit.com, your number one source for the magical world of Disney. You're listening to Orlando Sky Radio, the best music and the best source for all of your local parks and attractions news from around Orlando. Orlando Sky Radio, your vacation station. Hello, is this the red telephone box in Canada? Yes, it is. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm not too bad, thank you very much. Um, It probably sounds strange that somebody's ringing the phone box, but we're from the UK and we thought we'd ring and say hi. Well, hello. How are you? I'm from the UK as well. You're from the UK as well? Yes. Are you sure? No. No, I didn't think so. (laughs) Where are you from? You're from Texas. It was a very impressive Mary Poppins impression there. Um, <laughs> but I kind of guessed. We usually ring the UK box, but it, it looks like someone's broken them. Really? We can't We can't get through. So we thought we'd ring Canada and say hello. So who are you there with? I'm with my family. On vacation? Just a quick trip? Yeah, spring break. Spring break. Oh, you see, you're not away with all your, your college friends. Hi there. And what, uh, what are you planning on doing today? Hanging out in Epcot. Staying for Illuminations? What? Are you staying for Illuminations? Uh, 
think so. You've got to. It's so good. And have you had lunch yet? Hello. Where Where are you going for lunch? Um. Cheddar cheese soup is good in Le Cellier, which is just around the corner. Or you can go to Rose and Crown and enjoy something there. Or, My brother um, wants to talk to you. Oh, go on. Stick him on. Hello. Hello. Who is this? This uh, this is the Disney Brit Radio Show. We're calling from the UK. How are you? Good. Yeah, you sound very confused. What? You sound confused. What did you say? I said you sound confused. Well, I have to go. Okay. Well, I'll let you go then. Have a wonderful time at Epcot. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. to the Disney Brit Radio Show, live on Orlando Sky Radio. Yes, you are, and I think we've got a very special guest on the phone, Lee Cockrell. Hello, Lee. Hey there, how are you guys? We are great, how are you? I'm good, I'm, I'm, freez- I'm freezing. You're freezing. Welcome welcome to the UK. <laughs> um, I can't believe uh, you know, you've come over at a time when we've actually got snow. I know. I walked down the street for dinner, and I almost did not get back alive. <laughs> we need to nearly had to send a search party out for you. Yes. Well, thank you very much for uh, taking up your evening and joining us, uh, because you've got a new book out, which uh, I know you're currently promoting quite a lot around UK, the UK. The customer rules, the 39 essential rules for delivering sensational service. Right. And uh, we just wanted to sort of talk to you today, really, and find out a little bit more about uh, where the inspiration for this came from, you know, how it links to your original book, Creating Magic, and all those bits and pieces. Um, so do you want to explain a little bit more about what this book's about and sort of where the ideas came from? Well, the first book, Creating Magic, you know, came from Disney, obviously, where we talk about magic all the time and all my experience there for 16 years. But later on, the publisher told me we should write a book about customer service because that's what I did for 41 years. Yeah. So uh, that was kind of the idea that probably with Hilton and Marriott and Disney, I had some things that probably other companies could use to improve the service in their own businesses. So we went to work on it and tried to put together a combination of rules that if people would follow them, they would get more customer satisfaction and hopefully more profit. And is this, these 39 essential rules, are they something that you developed at Disney or are they something that kind of comes before that when you started at places like Marriott? Yeah, they actually came uh, as a combination of things I learned at Hilton, Disney, and Marriott, and just observations I had over the years as I spent my whole career in that business. And then this has got going this culmination of this entire book. Now, you say 39 essential rules. Why 39? Not Why not 38? Why not even a nice round 40? I, you know, I was sitting down thinking about them, and it came out 39. I was hoping it would come out 41 so I could say one for every year I worked, but that's <laughs> not how it worked out. you still got your 39 out. And there's some really interesting titles uh, to some of the chapters, and I just wanted to go through some of those with you. Um, that's, that's some that I looked at, and I was kind of like, wow, okay, that's a, that's a really sort of out there title. Rule number 10, be your own Shakespeare. Do you want to explain a little bit about that? Well, that certainly should resonate with the UK, but yeah. uh, 
I think, you know, what I we talk about in that one is you need to write your own story of what you want your business to look like, what you want your service to look like. And uh, you need to sit down and write the story of how that's going to look so you can go ahead and execute it. And, and I think until you write a story, you don't know what to deliver. So, what, what are the interesting... Um, that's how, that's what we think about that one. One of the interesting things you, you talk about in the book is this idea of the, when you took over as, as VP of Walt Disney World of really understanding what the customer wanted. And, and you talk about the, is it the, the Rogers family um, and how you kind of sat and decided what their vacation would be like. How did that have an impact on, on sort of the wider structure of, of Walt Disney World? Well, I think it was a great training tool to kind of write a story of fantasy of how, how, how good things could be yeah. and, and then spend the next few years trying to achieve those kind of standards. But, you know, now I look back at it, you know, with technology, things have advanced so far, that mm-hmm. would be an old story now. So, now, um, now yeah. your, your book, now, uh, one of the interesting things with Creating Magic, which I have a copy of, which... To be honest, it's been so used, I think it's about to fall apart. Um, you talk about this is not just a model for business. This is not just useful for people who, who own businesses. It's useful for people who work in schools, in prisons, in hospitals, all of those, these sort of things. You know, how does, again, you're talking about customer service here. Um, how does this relate to those other areas as well as what we would class as, as that cliche business area? Well, I think, you know, any if you're in a hospital, you're certainly talking about patients, which are the customer. And even a lady told me the other day, she said, Lee, you're the easiest speaker I've ever dealt with. And I said, why do you say that? She said, because you're so easy to deal with. And I said, well, you know, she said, most speakers are a big pain to deal with. And I, I, I was telling her, you know, you pay me. You are the customer. <laughs> and I think about that as who we serve. And um, even my grandson told me when you when you are service meant to him that you're always the giving one that mm. if you're in the in, if you're in a position to give you should give and then i think if we all thought about that more whether we're in a uh, a hospital or a drugstore or a airline for passengers that we ought to try to figure out how to serve them since they're paying us mm. Yeah, very interesting point uh, obviously we're talking about customers here and i think one of the the things that people kind of when they come to customers think of it as something who's paying for a service rather than someone who's accepting a service from someone that's providing it and that obviously makes customer much wider ranging um sort of umbrella i suppose well i tell you the people who really serve us when you think about our militaries exactly yeah they they really serve nurses Mm -hmm. policemen firemen those people who don't do it for money they do they serve Mm. That's what they do. They serve us, and, you find and we're, we're lucky to have them. And they quite often are, are, are doing a better job of some things than than those people who are are doing it for the for monetary sort of reward. Absolutely, and it's because I think it comes from their heart. Yes, serve. definitely. Now, there's another rule in your book that I've seen here that I, I've sadly had a chance to read properly yet, but I love this one. Rule twenty nine: Have a geek on your team. <laughs> what is that all about? Well, you probably know that because if you didn't have a geek or you didn't weren't a geek or you didn't have one, geeks make it happen. Technology oh, yeah. is everything today. If you don't know how to get the website up and to get this broadcast going, you had to have some technical support. And uh, I've learned that in my own business. I need a lot of technical support. Technology is racing ahead at the speed of sound. Mm. 
And really, we need these kind of people who really know what they're doing instead of just sitting around talking. They make it happen. Especially in the age these days where there's there's vacancies and jobs popping up all over the place in business for people like social media managers. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it's having those people who understand that social media. I, when you were working for Disney, I would guess social media was really in its infancy, if, if anything at all. It was, and, you know, I didn't know anything about it myself. And today I use Facebook and Twitter and hmm. LinkedIn for, to promote my business, to, to put messages out there, to promote my books. I mean, it's an incredible thing. And that way, I mean, I, I really absolutely hear from people all over the world now. So your, what would you say your geek element is? Well, my, I would say my geek is you better have one on your team because that's not one of my strengths. <laughs> and I have a guy, Craig, Clay, Craig Clayton, who worked, used, he used to work for Disney. Then he left and mm-hmm. just went back to Disney. But he takes care of me personally. And I pay him a large amount of money per hour to help me get my act together with technology. <laughs> and, <laughs> And so, you know, even um, if I didn't have him, I wouldn't have, I mean, amazing. He helped me get my website together. Mm -hmm. He keeps it updated. He tells me what I'm not doing right. He he comes online and does it remotely. I I really panic when I cannot reach him sometimes. (laughs) I can imagine. Yes, computer uh, sort of uh, coding and things like that aren't aren't my forte. Thank goodness I have some wonderful people around me who can do all of that because uh, you're dead right. I wouldn't have a clue. Now, I want, uh, obviously, we've, we've been talking about these 39 rules uh, from your new book. Now, one of the things we were talking about before you came on the show this evening was uh, we were just talking about Michael Eisner. And um, we were talking about the Disney decade that Eisner created in the 90s. And it's kind of around the time you began to arrive at Walt Disney World. And I'm kind of intrigued to hear your take on this. Because obviously you were working well within the Disney company as Eisner started this Disney decade, this creation of the resort hotels, the new theme parks, uh, we, you know, all of the elements of, of the, the new restaurants and making it this really a, a massive complex. And, you know, one of the things we were talking about is if Eisner had never created the Disney decade, would Walt Disney World be as it is today. And I'm not just talking about theme parks and attractions and all those sort of things. I'm talking about the customer service, the whole ethos of Walt Disney World, whether that would really ever have happened. And I'm kind of intrigued to to hear your take on that as we've got you on the show. Well, I think Michael Eisner, the real strength of Michael is the creative, the building. And I don't think we would have all those hotels and I don't think we would have spent the money on some of the attractions Michael was pretty interesting. If you build an attraction and he didn't like it, he would shut it down and fix it and make it right. Well, that happened with Alien Encounter, didn't it? Yes, it did. And uh, he was very involved in the creative aspects of the business. And, you know, at the end of the day, I would say, well, customer services, I think we hear more about customer service from our customers. But at the end of the day, they're quite uh, taken back by how great the attractions are Mm -hmm. and the attention to detail and uh, really the... And that's all Michael. Michael had a big imagination. And I think we were lucky to have him there to to push these things forward. And would you say he was an influence on you or were you an influence on him? Oh, uh, I don't, I'm not a very creative person really. When I could never imagine how to, but these Imagineers we have at Disney, they're unbelievable. I don't mm. know how they think this stuff up. No, I don't. But, uh, you know, my real talent was operations. You know, I, he might have figured out what attractions we needed. I tried to keep the bathrooms clean. So, uh, 
I would say together it was good. We need great service and we need great attractions because you need a great product. Mm-hmm. You don't have great service uh, with that great product. That's those two things together is probably what makes Disney World different than any place in the world. Having both of them. Very well said. I like yeah. that. Um, so let's just uh, quickly, uh, before we, we let you go and enjoy the rest of your very snowy London evening, um, <laughs> which I'm sure you will. These 39 rules, now we've talked about um, that they're, they're perfect for absolutely everybody. And I want to sort of throw a scenario out at you and see see what you can uh, you come up with. Let's imagine that um, you're a small family business. Uh, you've been, uh, it, it's well within the family. There's only maybe three or four of you. You all work out of a small industrial unit. And uh, as you work together, you know, within this family unit, you want to try and improve your customer service. It's obviously very difficult because you're all family. Maybe there's not one person in charge. How do you think that these 39 rules would help a, a business like that? Well, I think, you know, the 39 rules or even the first book, Creating Magic, I think one thing happens is uh, we only know what we know. And when people read something or they get exposed, they I, the most thing, the thing I hear the most is people say, I never thought about it like that. I never thought about doing that in my business. I never thought about giving the some customer something extra. I never thought about working harder to build my relationships with my customers so big companies can't take my business away like uh, Amazon mm. and and I think it's just continuing to learn and get ideas because the small business can be great and they can keep their customers, but they need to do it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Most of that way is having a very strong relationship where the customer trusts you. You'll do anything to take care of them. Uh, if they need something tomorrow morning, you get it ready. And a lot of the big companies can't do that. So I think it's learning new ways to think. And if you don't learn new ways to think, you just keep doing things the way you always did them, and then you get killed. You get really in big trouble. And and keep the customer central to all of your decisions, and you'll you'll do well. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Now, the customer rules, the 39 essential rules for delivering sensational service by Lee Crockwell is out now. You can get hold of it. Where's the best place for them to go and get hold of this, Lee? Well, it comes out tomorrow in the UK in bookstores and Amazon and wherever else you buy books here. It's uh, that's what they tell me. It came out last week in the states. On and there's a Kindle March edition. March 5th and today, March 12th is the release date here in the UK. And a Kindle edition. Kindle also. Fab, yeah, Kindle's great. Um, just looking on the Amazon page now, yep, it's available as a paperback. You can also get it as a Kindle edition, as is Creating Magic, 10 Common Sense Leadership Strategies for Elisa at Disney. They are both still available as well as paperback and as Kindle editions. Thank you once again for joining us, Lee. It is always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You all take care. Not a problem. Thank you, Lee. I hope you have a wonderful time here in snowy UK. I know you're heading up to <laughs> up, the, up north up towards yeah. Manchester tomorrow where you think it's cold in London. You wait till you get up there. Well, thanks a lot. Thank <laughs> you. Thank not you anything yet. But thank you for joining us. Uh, and uh, we'll let you go. So thank you, Lee. Okay, bye-bye. Want to keep up to date with all the latest Disney news and rumors? Then make sure to check out www.disneybrit.com your number one source for the magical world of Disney. Hi everyone, this is Craig Duncan. Please come and join me for my soul show every Sunday at 9 o'clock UK, 4 p.m. Eastern. You'll only find me on Orlando Sky Radio. 
Come by and say hi. Howdy, folks. Please keep your hands and arms inside the train and remain seated at all times. Now then, hang on to them hats and glasses, because this here's the wildest ride in the wilderness. You are still listening to the Disney Brit Radio Show live on Orlando Sky Radio. Thank you once again for joining us. Alan, are you back? Uh, yeah, sorry about that. The milkman came, had to pay him. <laughs> you had to pay him. Let, let us know when uh, Lee comes on. Lee's been, he's gone. Oh. Yeah, Lee's, Lee's been and gone. But but thanks for being here. <laughs> and thank, thanks for joining us. Uh, <laughs> but no, Lee's been and gone. Um, it was really interesting, really great to talk to Lee once again. Uh, he's been on a few times now. It's honestly one of these guys who you could just listen to for hours and hours and hours. And, and having had the pleasure of sitting in Walt Disney World uh, and talk to Lee and listen to some of the things he's got to say, uh, it really is a pleasure. And that book, do make sure you grab hold of a copy of that because uh, if it's only h- even half as good as his original, his Creating the Magic, then it's uh, well worth reading. And you might think to yourself, do you know what? Why do I want a book on leadership strategies and all this sort of stuff? I've read it and it's fascinating. Just even as a, uh, a Disney fan, it's fascinating to read and fascinating to listen to. So uh, do check that out. Have you got the first one? Um, I think I got it on my iPad. Got it on your iPad. There you go, Kindle edition. Um, it's the way forward. It's the future. I was just thinking, there, would you be able to adapt it into your, your schoolwork? Yeah, completely. Uh, let me just um, just grab hold of my Creating the Magic book. No problem. You've got to go down, down to your basement, down the stairs. Okay. He's running down the stairs now. He's, he's, he's got next door. I'm, I'm not. I've got he's he's making a cup of tea. I've got it. Zoe says you've got to fold the towels on the way back around. I'm back. I've got it. There you go. Good stuff. It's even signed by Lee as well. It's very exciting. So that was meant for me. Not for you. Uh, so my ten things here. So you've got, like, remember everyone is important. Strategy two was break the mold. Uh, strategy three, make your people your brand. Creating magic through training, eliminating hassle, learn the truth. It talks all about, um, there's one really great one about making the brand your people, uh, where he talks about defining the perfect candidate, about manager management competence technological competence um and there's uh, there was a really interesting element in about um you know creating this image for your workplace or the place you work in and and um i was thinking you know about how you can create this image and it works within school about creating this image for a school through the things that you do and through the things people see it works to pretty much any any um part of life to be honest but it's a really really interesting book it's the first one's 260 odd pages but the second one um it's definitely worth a read as well. Right, last so, week, I'm looking forward to it. we were talking about um, Disney Decade, and one of the things we just asked Lee, and again, it's it was kind of the chance to ask Lee those questions, because he worked with Michael Eisner. He knew him. He was around during that Disney Decade, and he, he said exactly what we said. You know, mm-hmm. Disney World would not be the same without the Disney Decade. Customer service wouldn't be the same. The attractions, all those things, would not be the same without the Disney decade. So there you go. We're dead right. Before you go a bit further into the Disney decade, I just want to clarify one thing. Mm. Would the Disney decade have happened without Michael Eisner? Did did Eisner start the Disney decade? Yeah, he was the one that kind of said, right, 
not necessarily the films. Um, you know, it was Don Han and the guys down at What Did Need Pictures were the ones who were creating Aladdin, Little Mermaid, and all those sort of things. Um, so there's sort of two elements to it. There's that one that he didn't have any involvement in, what he would have done, but nowhere near as much. And there's the Disney decade, parks-wise, that was his baby. He was the one that pushed that through. Um Obviously, you had Robert Wells, things like that as well, who were all part of what was happening with this. But it was kind of Eisner that fronted it all, and he held a press conference at Downtown Disney and sort of explained everything that was going to be happening. Yeah. Um, we looked at Epcot, we looked at Magic Kingdom, and we looked at some of the elements that would have changed or wouldn't sort of be there. Well, the one that we didn't get a chance to look at is Hollywood Studios. Now, have you got your Hollywood Studios map up with uh, with all of the bits and pieces from last week um the bits and pieces from last week yes. sort of i've got a map and i've got the bits and pieces from last week so that means you must have everything okay <laughs> <laughs> so we're looking at uh, hollywood studios and uh, what i'll do is we're talking about this is we'll put this up on the disney brick page so you can see what exactly we are waffling on about so if you head over there in a second you will find uh the the map that we're talking about um, Hollywood Studios obviously was a very, very interesting um, park in the fact that it, when it first opened, it was very much um, based upon this idea of it being a working studio and you would be able to go and see all of these different um, sort of working studio backlots and all those things that people were working on. And yep. um, that began to change over time. And if you go over to um, the website now, you will see the map that we are looking at. And um, a lot of the park wouldn't have changed, but there's also quite a few elements that would have changed. Uh, if but we now, go... Go on. Well, I'm, I'm going to quickly stop you there. Yeah. Would I be right in thinking that if it wasn't for Michael Eisner and the Disney decade, would the studios have been built? Yeah, because the studios opened in 89. Right. So we, that is just we, before just this before time period. This time period. So that's kind of right, built, okay. done, out of the way. Uh, before we talk about sort of getting to the Disney decade, but there are elements of the decade that would have changed how MGM, as it was, looked. I'm look, looking at the map you just put up there. That's mm. not the one I'm looking at. Is that the one you're looking at? That's the one you no. need to look at. Uh, Hollywood Boulevard, then, wouldn't really have changed very much. To be honest, there's very, very little on Hollywood Boulevard. You've got the great movie ride very, very at the very, very top. You've got the Hollywood Brown Derby on there as well. Um, and you've got uh, some shops and bits and pieces that were there, but there wasn't a huge amount as part of that. If we go to Echo Lake, we've got uh, the American Idol Experience. Uh, we've got the ABC Sound Studio. We've got the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular. We've got Star Tours The Adventure Continues. All of those there wouldn't necessarily have been affected by the Disney decade. Now, we could argue, was Eisner instrumental in Indiana Jones and Star Tours coming? Um, you know, I, I don't know whether he was or not. I can't well, remember. Was he to do with the um, Captain EO? Did we pick up on that Captain last time? Yeah, we did pick up on, yeah. Because that wouldn't have been there because that was part of the Disney decade. So that would have been part of the George Lucas thing. So, yeah, maybe. So, yeah, maybe if that hadn't have been... It could have been all tied together in one... That's true. ...contract thing. Um, some people might have said, well, hang on, surely an American Idol experience wouldn't have been there because that's, you know, a television show. I'm pretty certain American Idol is Fox... Is it? Am I right in thinking that? 
It's not rubbish. It, well, yeah, I know. It's rubbish. <laughs> I don't really follow it. Uh, but American Idol, I'm sure, is Fox and not ABC. And before that, it was the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I don't know what what, what that was on. It was, totally it was on ITV, wasn't it? Was it on well, Yeah, okay, it was on ITV. But in in um, America. Um, but American but Idol what was Fox, it before then? Affected it. Uh, before then, wow, now we're going back. I want to say we had something like Doug in there. Or we and always dug in the sound stage for sounds dangerous. That's a very good question. I don't remember off the top of my head. I can't honestly remember to be honest. It's not been affected by the Disney decade, we know that much. We've got okay. the ABC Sound Studio. Now in theory, would the ABC Sound Studio be there? Because ABC wouldn't have been bought. Is that possible? But there's nothing in there at the moment. We've got Indiana Jones, we've got Star Tours in there as well. Uh Hollywood and Vine. Disney Junior playing Die wouldn't have been affected, neither would any of the other restaurants. But then we head to the streets of America. Okay? Now, you, yep. can, you can tell me off if I'm being a bit tenuous with this. But I reckon on Streets of America, we wouldn't have had the Premier Theatre, we wouldn't have had Muppet Vision 3D, and we wouldn't have had the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie set adventure. Um, no. You probably wouldn't have had the... Um... Muppet 3D. No, well, we wouldn't Muppet have had Muppet 3D because that was a link. That was something that was brought in during the Disney decade. Um, and that was like a a major major thing that was going on. Yeah, should, could have and should have been a lot more. Yeah, um, should Muppets have had a involved. Muppets, Muppets movie ride and some other elements as well that should have been there, but that didn't happen. Uh, originally, there was talk of at one point. Um, Mama Melrose was going to be a Muppets restaurant where you would sit at different tables and your food would be brought out on a train that would have been operated by the rats and it would have come out of the kitchen on a train and you would have gone in, would have been all Muppet themed. There you go. Yeah, I saw saw that one as well. That would have been cool. Um, Honey, I Shrink the Kids movie set adventure was was announced as part of the Disney decade. Now, Premier Theatre, you're going to have to bear with me on this one. Where, where is that? The Premier Theatre is up towards the back, right at the very, very back, next to the sort of San Francisco sign. Right. Right, this is, this is where it's a bit tenuous. The, the theatre was built originally for Hunchback of Notre Dame. They put the Hunchback of Notre Dame show in there. That left, it now became the Premier Theatre that does all the a lot of Star Wars weekend stuff and that sort of thing. But the theatre wouldn't have been built if the Disney decade didn't happen because Hunchback would never have been made. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll accept that. That's very tenuous, I know. But there we go. Uh, we go all the way around to uh, Streets of America, Lights, Motors, Action, Extreme Stunt Show. That would have uh, wouldn't would have existed. Studio Backlot Tour already existed. Um, we come around to commissary, la- uh, commissary Lane. <laughs> commissary Lane. Yeah, it probably is. It's certainly ABC Commissary. Uh, or just Misery, with some of the food they have in there. Uh, we get to Pixar Place. Wouldn't have existed. True. There would have been no purchase of Pixar. So Toy Story Midway Mania, no. Hey, howdy, hey, takeaway. All of that wouldn't have existed. Uh, Mickey Avenue, we've got uh, Legend of Captain Jack Sparrow, Walt Disney's One Man Dream, that would have been fine. Animation Courtyard, the magic of Disney animation would probably have been there, but it wouldn't have probably had a lot in it. Was One Man's Dream part of... Uh, It was part of Magic Kingdom, It was part of the 100 Years of Magic. Yeah, that was going to have like a one man's dream. It was the show. One man's dream. That one. Um, okay. Voyage of the Little Mermaid obviously wouldn't because that was made during the Disney decade. And then, that's it. Thank you very much. That's the end of the park. Because the whole of Sunset Boulevard would never have happened. 
Sunset Boulevard was the expansion of uh, MGM Studios. That was part of the Disney decade. But originally it was going to have uh, like the Dick Tracy attraction. Uh, it was going to have loads of uh, some Roger Rabbit stuff on there as well. Stuff that never happened. Which meant, if um, this was the case, Sunset Boulevard wouldn't exist. Neither would Beauty and the Beast Live on Stage, Rock and Roller Coaster, Twilight Zone, Tower of Terror or Fantasmic. None of those would more, most likely have never appeared because um, they would have been built as part of the Sunset Boulevard expansion for Disney Decade. Which is amazing okay. to think such a massive expansion could possibly never have happened. And why not... Well, they would have they would have tried to do something somewhere with it, wouldn't they? Yeah, I think they would have done. They would have likely have done something. But you think about, you know, if they hadn't have had that location, would they have come up with Twilight Zone Tower of Terror? Possibly not. You know, that's one of the iconic sort of original attractions um, that Disney have created. So would that have happened? I don't know. I'm kind of intrigued as to what would have happened with all of that. And if, that if you actually look at the map without the Sunset Boulevard expansion on it, it's quite lopsided, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, really, really lopsided. And, and when the park first opened, it was all sort of concentrated on the stuff towards the back, very little at the front. But there you go. Yeah. Interesting. But- there are times, though, that it would have been better if they kept it as the um, TV studios. Yes. Yes, it would have been. Definitely. Right, we're running out of time, so we'll leave our Disney Decade behind. We've got some news and rumours that we're going to quickly whiz through to end the show. So I think it's time for that very, very popular, well-known piece of music. Good morning, sire. Good morning, Zazu. Checking in with the morning report. Fire away. some news and rumours. We've not got much news, but we thought we'd share it with you, particularly one piece of news. Uh, Let's just quickly go through some of the stuff that I've got here. If you go over to DisneyBrit.com, you will see a video and some information regarding the 2014 logo that has been chosen for all of the merchandise. It's the winner out of three and was inspired by the work of uh, of, um, Mary Blair, and it was a chance to vote was offered as part of Disney's limited time magic programme. Go over to DisneyBrit.com. You can find out more about that also disney have revealed the rfid band designs we've got the pictures of that over on disneybrit.com as well it's all part of the my magic plus experience they've got some very nice looking shiny wristbands they are part of the uh, standard ones that you get but if you want a special unique design it's going to cost you a few extra pennies more information will come out with regards to that as well and finally from me over at disneyland paris they have officially announced that disneyland paris will be getting its own ratatouille attraction and um it was said recently by guests that by developing this new Ratatouille attraction, we continue to ensure our guests can experience their favourite Disney stories in memorable ways that only Disney can provide, he said. The theme, which is very Francais, is a tribute to the capital and the unforgettable characters that make Ratatouille the ideal choice for any attraction that fits perfectly at Disneyland Paris. That's going to be opening in 2004. Uh, 14 with also the addition of the lion king and brave elements to disney dreams as of april of this year alan wow can i just say that i thought it was already officially announced no it 
Like it is everyone's now. known about it. We've seen drones. Yeah, we've it's seen the usual plants. stuff where Disney go, Disney start building it, but don't actually tell us they're building it. I'm I'm just dying to try and find out what is going in there. Well, from what we understand, it's going to be uh, the Pooh's Honey Hunt style uh, ride vehicles in which um, it will be a trackless system and everything's going to be oversized and it's like you're going to be chased through the kitchen. It had a working title, I think it's something like Kitchen Calamity. All right, okay. Those lines. So we'll see what happens. Uh, now, Alan, I think you have got my all-time favourite piece of news. <laughs> oh, this dear. This ridiculous thing in the world. Explain. It is one of the best things that Disney have ever done. Limited time magic. Oh, that's rubbish. This is where we want to be. Free the goat. <laughs> Disney have released a new website, or mini website, which their intention is it's to be a viral campaign. It is. To promote a special three-day ticket for Florida residents, which is costing only $119 plus yep. tax. And the idea is that if you're actually a resident in Florida or Orlando, I'm just, yeah, Florida. Yeah. Um, the chances are you, you take it for granted that you're living right next door to the parks and you probably go, yeah, yeah, we've got, it's a small world, we've got Thunder Mountain. But do you actually keep up to date with what's happening? Because we're over here in the UK, we're dying to go back every year to mm-hmm. Disney World and we're sort of logging on the internet to try and find out what's the new ride. Oh, yes, um, Rapunzel's got a tower next to the toilets and all this sort of stuff. We're dead <laughs> excited. People over in Florida probably go, nah, been there. We might, might go next year, I'm not bothered. Shall we have a listen to what the goat's got to say? Yes. Here he is. Hey, hello, everybody. How you doing? Oh, hey, nice hat. I hope it falls off and I can wear... Oh, hello. How you doing? I'm Billy, the goat. Look, I've been here on this mountain for several years. <laughs> And I've heard all there is to do here in these parks, you know? All the classics you humans like to do, like Haunted Mansion, oh, Expedition Everest, oh yeah, Soarin'. Oh man, I'd love to ride that. Don't be shocked, some goats love to fly. And who wouldn't want to plummet 13 stories in an elevator, am I right? So imagine my surprise one day when I look out and see the new castle towers over in New Fantasyland. No way, says I. Yes way, in a big way, like the biggest ever kind of way. Plus, I hear that Test Track has been reimagined, i.e. made even cooler. And there's all kinds of cool stuff in the parks going on I didn't even know about. It's blowing my goat mind. So this is what I ask you. Let me go out and experience the magic, the dining, all the fun that you Florida residents get for just three days. Make my goat dreams come true. Click the link and let's do this. Okay, there he is. That is Billy the Goat. Uh, <laughs> I just think this is the most weird. It's it's fantastic. It, the, the website itself, I'm I'm amazed by it. It's, it looks amazing the graphics on it, and in theory, the idea is that you can you've got to spread the word that. Billy the Goat wants to actually go and experience all the rides. Yeah. And the idea is you can share it via the website. You can communicate with Billy. Yeah, he has um, Twitter, doesn't he? At Disney Goat. At Disney Goat, um, which I did do a um, couple of days ago. I logged onto Twitter and I asked him a couple of questions and he did reply instantly with us. Fam. I thought, you know, I'll play along with the game. So I've said, um, what would you prefer at the Disney parks? Fresh laundry off the line or a 
one third bit pound Angus cheeseburger from Pecos Bills. And he said? And he said, Hooves down the laundry. I don't want to do a voice. Hooves down the laundry. That mouth watering taste of crisp sun dried overalls pulled over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do want that. He does also, if you go over to the website, uh, just to get Alan out of and do anything embarrassing, he, you can hear that audio, but also he has things to say about different rides. So here's what he has to say about the Haunted Mansion. Um, apparently. That's just not going to work now, is it? Brilliant. Don't you love it when technology fails on you? Let's see if we're going to say anything about Space Mountain. If, if, if you click on... Basically, he's got, there go. there was a monkey in space once. If those guys can do it, I know a goat can. So, yeah. He, he, he just wants to go out and experience all the rides. Yes. Um, and th- there's, there's a list of ten that you can sort of pre-tweet for them. You know, it's, it's all set up, ready to go. Yeah. Or, you know... Suggest your own ideas. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be one of the park attractions. You might just say, look, Mr. Disney Goat, why don't you go and try this? Um, you can, they're using the hashtag free the goat, um, which that is important to emphasize it is free the goat. Free, free. <laughs> because there's, I, uh, a, there's that very adult orientated, slightly different version of that that you need to be careful of. Which I, I, I've got his Haunted Mansion one now, I think. Oh. Um, you know, I thought I saw a ghost once. It was my great-great-grandmother, Sheila. And you know what she said to me? Don't eat the pepperonis. I don't know. I think it was because I ate a pair of sunglasses. <laughs> I have no idea. Anyway, that's <laughs> three days for $119 plus tax for Florida and residents. That's on, that's on the website, which is freethedisneygoat.com. Free it is. And that's it. We are out of time. Thank you once again for joining us. Uh, we, we've, we've done. I can't believe we got to the end. We've had so much stuff going on in this show. We've talked about uh, the Disney decade. We've talked about why Disney fans should go to Universal. Lee Cockrell's been on to talk about his new book. Um, and we've even managed Head to get to the end of our decade. Uh, and, and, yeah, and we've got the goat as well, which is absolutely fine. Don't forget, you can get hold of Lee's book. You can get hold of it over on Amazon. You can get it on Kindle. It is The Customer Rules, The 39 Essential Rules to Delivering Sensational Service. You can get it now, Kindle, and in paperback. Thank you for joining us, as I've already said. Thank you, Alan. No problem, anytime. And uh, if you want to get in contact with us before next show, you can radio at disneybrit.com. You can get us at disneybrit over on Twitter. You can also get hold of us uh, by uh, going over to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to ring and leave a message on our website, on our uh, voicemail, it's 0121 288 2748. 0128 288 BRIT. And that's it. I can't believe we've come to an end. Thank you for joining us. We will see you in two weeks' time for the next Disney Brit podcast. And next week, it will be the uh, Disney Island Discs radio show live on Orlando Sky Radio. Uh, What the theme's going to be? Well, I'll let you know next week. So until then, we'll see you. 